small groups there. So do us a favor. Make sure on the sign-up sheet that you put your preference of the day of the week that uh, is best for you to meet on. That way, if anything has to change or adjust, we can just move it um, by weekday there. Does that make sense? So, like, if you're free Tuesday nights, make sure to have that on there. So um, it'll uh, have information on there. And so some of you are probably going, what is Dinner for Six? Well, it's an opportunity just to fellowship, break, uh, break bread, like in the book of Acts, and just have a meal together um, and get to know some people in the church. Who's ever done it before? Now, who's done it and got to know somebody who didn't really know? I got to know Kelly, um, wherever she went. Uh, there she is. Yeah, we got to hear her whole testimony. It was awesome. Um, so, yeah, be a part of that. Okay, so we're going to do something unique this week. There you go. There's your rhyme. We're going to have some prophetic Zoom time run by Ty and Timothy. Um, I think they're, bo- yeah, they're both back in there. Um, so the first one is tomorrow from 7.30 to 8 p.m. And then the second one is Thursday noon to 12.30. You don't need to do both or anything. They just have it different times, different days based on uh, when people are available. So you've got a lunch break there and an evening. So tomorrow, 7.30 to 8.00. Thursday noon to 12.30. There'll be information posted on our Facebook page, so make sure that you are following that. And Ty and Timothy are just going to be leading um, some brief but powerful prophetic time in that. All right? All right, y'all welcome Tim as he comes up. Testing. There I am. All right, Tom, you head on that. We're going to do a quick... Introduction here. Tom and I are actually going together today. Tom's doing the bulk of the heavy lifting. I'm just going to share something at the end. But we just we felt like this week as we were talking, we actually kind of had something different. We were going in and just like the Lord began to speak and show the way um, to respond, not react to what God is doing and what's going on on the earth right now. And I believe it's so important that I feel like the first few months was a lot of reaction, and then there's still been a lot of reaction going on, but God is wanting us to respond correctly how the kingdom of God, which is on the inside of you, should be responding in this time. And so uh, I just ask you to open your hearts up right now and just be prepared for what God wants to do, and then be ready to fight here at the end, all right? So, Tom, you ready? I'm almost ready. (laughs) Now I'm ready. A um, couple of things first. Number one, I, I just want to say to you it's a privilege to be associated with people that are passionately desiring Jesus. And when I look at y'all, when I watch y'all, I think that's where you're at. That's what you're doing. That's what you're going for. And so it's my privilege to be just hang out with you guys. Secondly, I wanted to say something and um, I don't know why this was going through my mind. Chris, this is why I stopped you and asked. Um, can you remember a C.S. Lewis quote about, okay, here goes. And why during worship I'm coming up with a C.S. Lewis quote, I, I have no idea, but... Okay, <laughs> all right. Help me if you can, please. As if you've got all his books memorized. Okay. Uh, But there's something to the effect of a quote of C.S. Lewis that I pulled out years ago. And it says something like this, uh, God does nothing but but that he wants to do it through his people. 
and, and he's a delegator by heart. Now, I, I just butchered that quote, but I, I want to leave you with a, a concept on purpose. Because we're not saved just to get to heaven. We're saved on purpose. And if you think it's just all the ticket to eternal life, I mean, that part is just part of the fringe benefits. But if you think it's just only the the ticket to eternal life, I think that's missing part of what God's doing. Yes, he's building sons. He's building us into sons and daughters of his. He's adopted us into his family. Yes, we're going to spend eternity with him. Yes, we're all those things. But I also want you to know he brought us out. Figured this is an Old Testament scripture. I can't even remember where it is either. But it says he brought us out in order to bring us in. Now, bring us in is not heaven. It's the promised land. And I want you to understand that uh, if you if I could I'm kind of off course here, but we'll get there. We'll get back on course in just a second. But what I'm saying is, is if you can picture the, the story of the Old Testament in your mind, and, uh, of course, the children of Israel were, were slaves in Egypt, and then God, you know, they, they, they put the blood of the lamb on the doorposts of their homes. This is the tenth plague. You remember this. And then the death angel had to pass over and couldn't touch their households. You got that. That's a picture of salvation, justification, to use words that have been used today. That's a picture of salvation. And I want you to know, that's, that's just the beginning. All right, so then comes uh, passing through the Red Sea figuratively is like baptism. And then they head for, they're headed for the promised land. And, but they spend some time in the wilderness, not that we want to do that, but uh, some of those uh, traits that cause them to live in us too. And I think we're going to talk a little bit about one of them tonight, uh, today. But what I'm saying is, is uh, after the time in the wilderness, they were headed to, pat, to cross through the Jordan River and into the promised land. But who lived in the promised land? Giants. And I want you to understand that there's promises for us. There's a promised land for us. There is a a purpose for us, if I can use those words. There is a purpose for us. And it's not just salvation only. Yes, we get to be in his divine household. Yes, for all that stuff. But I want you to know that there are good works that he's actually ordained for you to walk in them. I'm thinking of Ephesians 2 right now. There's things that he, he has planned for you. And so why am I saying all this? I'm saying all this to say we're growing. And in our growth is to, uh, to, be, to just be for him to grow us up so that we can accomplish what he has meant for us to do. Jesus. Now I'm going to jump back to... I'm going to skip through a few things, but I want to talk to you about future, but I want to take you to a place of battle. I'm, I want to talk about fear and the future, but at the end, I want to take you to a place of battle. What I want to say is this. Um, five years ago, I took a poll with the school kids, 
seventh and eighth graders through seniors. And the results that I got back were really eye-opening, and I put them in a folder, and I haven't, I haven't really used them or looked at them for quite a while. But I want you to know that sometimes the fears that young people have become the fears that adults have. They just grow with us. All right. Uh, one of the most, and, and several things are are just kind of folded together in this, but the number one fear for the young people from junior high through high school was this, failure. But in the failure was, in that topic, I wrapped some other things, and one of those was finances. Finances in our future, uh, I could have split those, but anyway, 50 of the kids, 50 of the high school and junior high kids were afraid that no matter how hard they work, they're just not going to make it. They, they were afraid of uh, not earning a living. They're afraid of the economy. They're, specifically, they were afraid of financial difficulties. Okay, I'm going to ask for honesty. Did any of those fears ever just kind of creep through your mind and your heart? All right, you guys are honest. Okay, if you don't have fear in your heart or have never had well, I don't want to say never, but you're welcome to be dismissed. You can just say, I got this, before he even talks about it, and you can just walk out and head for the restaurant. Okay. All right. Um, secondly, I wanted to say this. The kids were really worried about relationships. Now, that's obvious. What young person's not doesn't look at the future and say, will I find the right person to marry? Will I... You know, th th there's a lot to that. But relationships was huge. It was number two. In that, I want to say, and this kind of struck me, nine kids were afraid of being alone. Whether that's marriage or dying alone, I, I don't know. But I just thought that was significant. Then comes an interesting one. Um... There was definitely a fear that the kids won't make a difference in life. Now, I'm glad they're starting to think about it because they're starting to think about what I was just talking to you about. Do you understand purpose? The Lord has a purpose for each of us and making a difference and a sphere of responsibility and a sphere of influence. The Lord has all of that for each one of us. So to fulfill his will for our lives is a huge objective, a fear of not making a difference. All right, this one was interesting. Now, these last few are not in numerical order, but, okay, five years ago. I can't even remember what happened five years ago. But a significant number of the kids were worried about our nation declining. All right, honesty time again. Has anybody um, had a thought or two like that recently in the last, I'll just say, six months? The next one. I thought this was, this was totally interesting to me. Fifteen of them had a fear of a loss of connection to the Lord. In other words, will I drift? Will I turn away? Will I pull back? Will I quit following him? Last of all, and this one really, I don't know if it struck me, but uh, 
And this is not the numerically least either. This has a high number of kids, had a fear of death. Now, and eight junior high boys, Mr. Gary, eight junior high boys, which I thought was significant, had a fear of death. And what are they talking about? Are they just afraid of dying? Not really. They were afraid of that they might die. One person wrote it like this, that I might die before I have the chance to live. Another, you know, wrapped into that is will I live to even see the future? You see that? All right. I'm going to skip through some of these things here because I think, um, I think battle's where we want to go, Pastor Tim. Um, fear. Let me just say real fast, fear is really often unrecognized. I want to say it again. Fear is really often unrecognized. Just the little thoughts, just right through your mind, or maybe it stays for a while. But if you, what I'm saying by that is saying, I'm saying we must learn to continue to grow in, recognize, in recognizing the source of those things that pass through our hearts and our minds. Because there is a source for some of that. Fear has torment. It's going to punish us. It's going to make life miserable on our, on our side. That's First uh, John 4, 9. Fear has torment. Uh, then I want to just say fear has the ability to paralyze us. What am I saying there? All I, all I thought about was I thought about for 40 days, the Philistines and Goliath were on one side of the hill and then through the valley and the Israelite army were, was on the other side. Both armies came out every day for 40 days while Goliath intimidated them, challenged them, did everything that he did. But what did a whole army of Israel, I have no idea how many men it was, but what did they do for 40 days? Nothing. Because somehow fear has the ability to freeze us and make us not step out or step into the things that God has for us next. Fear is just weird. But it, it, it's more there than we think. Fear is always rooted, almost always rooted in lies that we believe. And if you want to, uh, if you want, one of the ways to fight fear is to find the truth in the scripture and use that truth against the thought that's going through your heart or your mind. Then discern the adversary. Uh, just Sometimes it's not just a devil whispering in your ear. Sometimes it's a spiritual presence. And all I can say to you when or because those I, I'm assuming those times do not happen very often, but when they do happen, I, I'm going to tell you one fast. I remember in Telluride, oh, this would have been the 80s. I remember my I walked if I didn't walk the city, the streets, or climb the mountains and overlook and pray over the town on Saturday nights. Well, I would just walk in the sanctuary. One of those times walking in the dark sanctuary late on a Saturday night. And uh, I don't know how long I had walked, but all of a sudden I recognized this evil presence in the corner of the building. 
in the corner of the sanctuary. And I remember thinking, ooh, I, I'm not giving it the, the weight that it was going through my heart and my mind, but all I remember thinking is, ooh, I, I think I want to go downstairs and go to bed or something like that. But I realized I can't. And so as I walked, I began to pray Second uh, Timothy 1.7. 2 Timothy 1.7, he has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And I began to pray that as I walked in the dark, late at night, in the sanctuary, in the church in Telluride. And, and I, I had to get, I had to get vehement at it. Do you understand what I'm saying there? I had to get belligerent at it. I, ha- I couldn't just, you can't fight with a pacifistic attitude. It just doesn't work. You you can't you can't face your enemy with this uh, with this kind of religious attitude or or gentleness. You can't fight a devil with gentleness. Do you understand that? And so by the while I don't I don't know how many minutes it took as I was making loops in the sanctuary, but I'm saying that my voice got louder and louder and louder. And, I'm saying, and after a while, I am screaming that verse out loud. And I think the whole process took 10 to 15 minutes. And then I felt like the peace came and that presence was gone. Now, that does not happen very often, but I'm trying to train your hands for war. Do you understand that? All right. Here's where we're going. Discern the adversary. Um, when, I, when I'm saying he saves us, he, he brought us out so that he can bring us in. Well, in the promised land, you already answered it, there are giants. Those giants cannot be defeated. Hello, Jack. Good to see you, brother. That's so precious to see you. But in and. Haley? Oh boy, I got it. Okay. All right. Blessings on you guys. All right. Anyway, now that I'm lost my thought. Okay. What I'm trying to say is, this is Psalms 18. He trains our hands for war so that our arms can bend a bow of bronze. And what I'm, what we're going to talk about for just a few minutes here is, is this. It's, Part of the purpose, he brought us out in order to bring us in. Well, in the promises and the purpose of God are going to be some obstacles and some battles and some things that are going to come against us. And we can't be, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? We can't be, I'm not, not pacifistic, timid, apathetic, uh, complacent. We can't be that kind of a Christian. You have to understand that we're going to have to recognize our enemy and we're going to have to go to battle. We're going to have to kick some tail, if I just put it like that. And you know what? Sometimes what the adversary wants us to do is he wants to intimidate us. But I want to point out, as we're talking about fear and as we're talking about battling, I want to point out the, the seven tribes, uh, the Canaanite tribes that were in the promised land, the first tribe that's listed is the tribe of the Hittites. Do you know what the, the name or the meaning of Hittite is? Terror. 
Those guys in the Bible are the first terrorists. And I want you to know that the, the, the objective also of the adversary is to put a fear on us or, or the definition of the word is to beat or break down by violence, confusion, or fear. In fact, the word, we never use this word, but a definition uh, or part of the definition of the word terror is affright, A-F-F-R-I-G-H-T. Now, you see, if the adversary can make people afraid, he can beat them down. He can make them run from the battle, the 40 days of the Israelites. But David wanders in and David says, who is that uncircumcised guy? And what's he doing, doing all this challenge to us for 40 days against the name of the Lord? And I I don't know how old David was. How old do you think David was when he walked into his brothers to feed him? 16 my goodness, a whole army and a 17-year-old? Come on. But I appreciate it. And then he says, well, this is no problem. I've already, I've already trained, you know, the lion, the bear, whatever it was that he said. I've already had some practice is what he's saying. I'm, I'm t- do you hear what I'm saying? I'm saying that, that sometimes battle is appropriate. And sometimes we accept too much. Now, here's the story I wanted to tell you. Last week, you know, June was a hard month for me. I spent 23 days on the couch in the living room. And I have to commend my wife because she wasn't afraid, or at least except for that one night that she had to battle fear. And here I am coughing on her positive with COVID. I didn't mean to cough on you. I just forgot and coughed on you. And, and my family calls and says, you mean dad's not living in the, in the upstairs bedroom? You know, no, I don't want to go. I, maybe I was a little selfish. I don't know. But the couch was my home for 23 days. But what I'm saying is this. Uh, in the in the middle of that process, I call. No, I didn't call. I texted a pastor friend, Pastor Joel, who'd already had COVID. You know, maybe the month before. And I said, "What did you learn?" And he said, "This." He said, "I learned to not wait to get better, but to fight to get better." So, about day seven or eight, I was feeling pretty poor. And so that morning, early, dark, 4 a.m., some, something like that, I, I got up, put my shoes on, and went and walked my, this is what I kind of do now. I walked the gravel driveway out there. And then I remembered what Joel said. And I thought, okay, I'm not going to wait to get better. I'm going to fight to get better. And I began to do to do battle right then, and my seventh and eighth days were not fun. But I began to do better, and I really think that I turned a corner on that seventh or eighth day. Now, that said, so I've been out of, out of pocket for June, and so last week, we, Chris, you sent me those haze uh, poll results, the Hayes Consolidated Independent School District. 
poll results, and I'm reading through those pages of results of several thousand respondents to the poll about what do they feel like about sending their kids to school. And I'm looking on one side, I'm seeing the teachers didn't even want to go to school. That's not good. Okay, if you're, okay, never mind. All right, <laughs> on, on the other side, it would, that'd be weird if all the kids showed up for school but the <laughs> teachers are gone. Okay, all right. But on, on one side, teachers didn't want to go to school. Parents didn't want to send their kids to school. Understand, all this is understandable. On the other side, it was clear that everybody hates distance learning and that distance learning is worthless. I mean, we've heard that from teachers, administrators. I'm be, I'm, I said pretty strong words there. Distance learning is probably minimum, uh, I don't know how much. Okay, less than optimum. Excellent, okay, here we go. All right, but, so that's last week. So, uh, so then I, I, I just texted two friends, and I just said, and I'm talking about pastor friends in the city. And I said, is anybody praying? Because I just read the Hayes results. And my friends, actually, they wrote back and said, no, we're just all trying to keep our churches afloat. And then I just started to get mad. I began to go, nobody is, forgive me, I don't know if we're fighting this thing enough. I don't want to say nobody. Forgive me for that, Lord, because there's people. God always reserves the 7,000 who have not bowed their knees to Baal. Intercessors, people who just pray like crazy. So um, anyway, I just I, I started to get mad. Well, then that was last week. This week, into my spirit or into my mind was dropped this really vague scripture. And it took me a, a long time to find it. But all I could remember uh, is this phrase. I mean, all, all that I got was this phrase that says, to him who turns back the battle in the gates. After a while, I found it. It's uh, Isaiah 28, 6. But strength, what does it say? He will be a source of strength to those who turn back the battle at the gates. Now I want to say this to us. Do not let coronavirus kick you. Kick it back. Do not let it intimidate you like the Hittites. Fight back. And you cannot, this is the word I was looking for earlier, you cannot fight passively. It doesn't work. Passivity and fighting do not go together. So, but none of us like to fight is the problem. Okay. All right. If you've ever, if you've ever, there are words that I'm going to suggest to you are Hittite words. And I didn't even try to think up a list, but I did think, even in terms of just health, I just want to say, if you've ever had the word spoken to you, cancer, I'm going to suggest to you, that's a Hittite. That's a terrorist. And I'm suggesting 
do not roll over and give yourself. I'm, I'm suggesting it's, it's time to fight that. Uh, one short story and I'm ready, Pastor Tim. My, <laughs> all, right. all right, Gary, read it loud. That's the one, Chris. All right, he, he, he doesn't seem to do anything by himself that he can't delegate. All right, here's the short story. Um, my kids were teenagers. One of them was very sick. Some of you have heard this before, but I remember they were sick with an infection. They'd been to the doctor. They, the first set of antibiotics wasn't working. Uh, they'd been sick about a whole week, spent a lot in, in their room. Maybe which is where I should have been when I had my... <laughs> and I remember, I, I, I had the picture in my mind. I was sitting on the couch in the living room reading something, book, magazine, something. And my, my, ch- my child walked out of their room, went to the kitchen, got a drink of water, did something, and walked right back by the living room and back to their bedroom, and I heard the door close. And then I heard these voices. I'm sorry, I heard these words. A lot of help you are. And I, I immediately knew that the Lord was saying. So I put my book down. I grabbed my Bible, and I went to their room, and I started in Psalm 1, and I started praying the Psalms over my child. At about, when I get to Psalms 18, then, here's what the scripture is saying. He trains my hands for war so that my arms can bend a bow of bronze. And then it says this. This really struck me. It says something like, and I did not turn back until the enemy was defeated. Just read Psalm 18. It's your homework. All right. I'm suggesting to you that in the middle of fear and pandemic and every recognize the source and kick some tail. All right, Pastor Tim. All right. Well, here's, what, here's what we're going to do. We're going we're gonna to respond to what the Lord is saying. I literally think he's putting a responsibility on his people to not sit back and wait for it to be over. And... And there's been a lot of prophetic words, like Yosef has one, and we're going to talk a little strategy over the next few weeks, how to do this, because this is not something that we're just going to splurt out there and then not do. This will require you going into action, you know, and, and first of all, though, I, I want to address it personally first, because, you know, we could get in here right now, and we could jump around and and wave our arms and all that, and it would probably be good, but we have to get unified on the inside, right? right? Completely unified on the inside, making sure our belief system, making sure what God is doing in us is building something so that we can stand together. And I truly believe this. It's time for the church to just say no more. Like, no more. Like, hey, like, I mean, if we believe in the cross... 
we believe in the cross, then we have to believe in kingdom health. We have to believe in healing. We have to believe that this virus is actually impeding on the property of the kingdom of God. And so we, we, there has to be something in us that says, okay, enough. You know, and then, and, and, and then there's you know, videos going out and anarchy and, you know, and, and, and if you've seen any of those, I just want to say, let it be a call to prayer. Please let, I, man, I watched one and, and you could feel it. It was either, you had a choice. It's either, man, I'm afraid or I, I'm pissed off. And I just got pissed off, right? I literally did, like, and that offends you, sorry, but that's just how I am. It's like, oh my goodness. Like, that is not okay. And, and yeah, maybe all of that is stirring, but what if the church rose up and said no, no, no to that? But, but I, I felt like the Lord began to stir something in me. It was like, hey, but you've got to make sure you right here are unified on the inside. You're dealing with the fear on the inside of you. You're dealing with the lies that are inside, that are trying to come on you. You're dealing with those by recognizing them and giving them to the Father. Because I think sometimes we get all about like, like, well, we'll we'll just overcome those fears. No, I'm telling you, it's about unification on the inside. Like we've got to come to it on the inside like no, no weapon formed against me will prosper. No virus will come upon our land. No sickness has authority in my life. And I know we're talking a lot about Corona because let me tell you, it is the stirring up of what, God, what, what the enemy is trying to release on our world. And, and I, I mentioned this a lot when we were online. The Lord began to put the whole earth on my, on my spirit because like, this is an attack not over a nation or a people group. This is a global attack to see how much authority the enemy can take back. And so how do we respond in that, right? And so, uh, because we are going to pray and we're going to stand against and we're going to go to geographical places and pray and just release peace and, and not be stupid and try to condemn people, but literally go in there and say, what I, who I am carrying makes a difference. Like in Walmart, in H-E-B, I'm coming against the spirit of fear that's in here. I'm coming against this, the spirit that's trying to attack people. We have to recognize those things. But I felt like the Lord gave me an encounter this week, and I want to share that um, because I don't, I don't want to be a people who just for a moment war and don't recognize that, wait a minute, we've already won, so we're fighting from a different place. And so I think it was Tuesday or Wednesday morning. It was about 2.30 in the morning. I woke up. And if you know, for me, that's a big deal. Like, I have the gift of sleep, right? And so, like, I can sleep, man. And I was, I was out, and all of a sudden, I just, but I, I woke up, and I knew something was in our room. And it was really interesting how it was just happening really quick. If you've ever had one of these experiences, encounters, like, it, you have no time frame for what's going on. You can, I can process it now, and it seems to take a long time. But it was happening like that. All of a sudden, all these thoughts of fear just started going through my mind. And like, I had like a little eye infection. It was like, you're going to lose your eye. And then the, the nation's collapsing and the church is not going to make it. And, and the church is weak and feeble. All these crazy, not like our church. I'm talking about like the church. And I was thinking about all these things and the election. And, the, and I could feel it just like mounding up on me. And I immediately knew it was a spirit of fear in the room. Because that's just not normal, right? And, 
And so I just said, ah, spirit of fear. And I literally just thought, I, I, I had a picture of myself immediately putting on armor. And, 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 I, and I thought this out loud, oh, I have the faith to resist you. Now, that's good, right? And I knew we'd get a lot of amens on that, but I'm going to tell you, the Lord actually told me, relax. This is not a time to evaluate your faith. And when the Lord speaks to me like that, I knew it was like, and immediately said, this is going to be about a love encounter with me. And the minute I just said, God, perfect love, cast out all fear. I felt the love of God just come swooping into the room and I immediately said, fear, you have to go. And it was like, right out the room. Immediately. I didn't have to get up, put on all my armor, and, and, and dance around and be like, I resist you, I resist you. Because what was going on was inside of me, first of all. Now, we're going to resist in faith, but what I'm telling you is it has to start in love. And immediately, I heard the Lord speak this to me. He said, hey, I, you're living in eternal places with me. And the greatest of these is love. The greatest of these is love. And the word right there for greatest actually means the firstborn or the one that will carry the inheritance is love. 1 Corinthians 13. These three things remain, right? Faith, hope, and love. The greatest of these is love. And I felt like the Lord was telling me, He was like, in a season of faith, the greatest thing you have to do first internally and personally is get right into the love of God. And he began to talk to me this week and he was like, hey, the greatest personal warfare that you can do is to get right into my love. And it will begin to grow you. It will begin to envelop you. It will begin to surround you. The love of God is the most powerful thing on earth and is in us. The love of God is in us. And the love of God is his nature. And I felt like the Lord began to say, listen, the faith that is needed in this season will only come out of the revelation of the love of God. The faith that is needed in this season will only come out of our love encounters. Why? Because we're going to begin to see the nature of God. And when you have a revelation of the nature of God, all of a sudden you can have faith that increases because you have seen God. You have seen it. You have recognized it. You have experienced it. And all of a sudden, it's faith. Why am I saying this? Because I don't want us just to go around and, and just be throwing up prayers and saying, God, answer. I want us to recognize it's the love of God on that He is pursuing earth, His people, His children. Listen, let me just read this verse to you. It, this is the verse I felt when, when all that was going on in our room. It says, how great is His love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called the children of God. So the, the result of the love of God being lavished on us is we recognize who we are. We recognize the authority as children. We recognize who Dad is. We recognize authority. We recognize our place. We recognize all these things. Why? Because the love of God's been lavished on us. And all of a sudden, when it's time to fight, you fight from a place of, man, we're not some defeated, weak little enemy all of a sudden, we're fighting from an authority place. We're fighting from an understanding, wait a minute. Dad's already said we won. Dad's already dealt with this virus. Jesus was hanging on that cross, 
and he thought, I've got Corona-19 under my feet. I've got it under my feet. See, and it's so interesting that all of a sudden, but it doesn't feel, it doesn't matter what it feels like. It's already the truth. And so we have to get into the love of God. We have to get into their experience, the love of God. And then all of a sudden, faith is going to rise up. First of all, actually, hope will rise up. Hope will rise up. See, without, without hope, we'll never have faith. And right now, the message to the church has to be hope-filled. The message of the church has to be hope-filled. Both things have to happen. But God is saying, I'm looking for a people who will recognize what the spirit of the fear is trying to build in them and get right into my love. Because perfect love casts out all fear. So see, when it comes to the church in America, the kingdom of God in America, the kingdom of God on earth, He's looking for a people who will lean in to love encounters. Say, well, that's so gooey. No, it's going to come out violent and powerful. See, power and love always go together. And we can't have power without love. It's impossible. Actually, it's, well, I won't say that. It's, it's not in proper order if we try to have power without love. I, res- I reserved the right to not say witchcraft there. See, there's power without love, but it's darkness. The power with love is the love of God. And what am I saying? I, I felt like the Lord was so clearly leading me. It's time to fight. And you must establish yourself in the love of God to stand against what the enemy is doing. It wasn't like then I had to like get out of here. It was like immediately when I just welcomed the love of God, it wasn't on. The Lord was showing me. He was like, listen, this will be about how much you encounter me. Then we will fight. So we're going to do that, all right? So let's just stand up. Because we're going to take our stand. We have prayed against Corona and, and, and we, have, we have just said, you know, it's not allowed. But I feel like it's time. So like it's like David where he's like, man, is there not a cause? Is there not a cause? Are you all missing the cause? This uncircumcised Philistine is mocking God and his armies. And I feel like we have an uncircumcised Philistine right now mocking our God, mocking his armies, and he literally is coming out every day and saying, where's your champion? Send out your champion. You know what that makes me want to do? I'll be your champion. I'll be your huckleberry. I mean, if you've ever seen it, like, oh, I'll be that. If that's what you're calling out, like, it's time, right? But the Lord doesn't want us to get in the flesh in our fights. And that's why he's saying this is about love. See, that's the opposite of what the world says. No, this is about war. No, this is about love. And the fight then will be pure Pure revelation of, wait a minute, God is for us. Who can be against us? See, I'm, I'm done. We're done. You Actually, you want to know who's the most angry about that? Elizabeth. Why? Like, <laughs> she turned to me this week and was like, that's ah, enough. But I, I think the angels are waiting for people to command them. I saw them in here last week and one of them said, we're bored. 
literally told me last week, I'm bored. Take charge over us. See, we, and, and so we're just going to, first of all, we're going to get in the love of God here. And if this is new to you, I love it because I guarantee you're about to get wrecked. So let's just put our hands out. So I thought we were warring. We are. David's strength came from his love, his love songs in the field. He saw the cause because he knew the Father. See, I, I feel like we're about to see the cause so clearly, but we're going to stand against that. No more CNN, no more Facebook, no more Fox News trying to define what the cause is. The cause is about to be super clear. So we just, we welcome you, Father. You define yourself in the Scriptures as love. And then two chapters later, you tell us that perfect love casts out all fear. So we invite you to walk into this place right now with your liquid love to come and surround us, wrap around us, fill us up, overflowing. Let it be deep and wide. Let it be strong and powerful. This love of God, we just receive the love of God right now. That cast out, it, it, it takes away all fear. And we just say we let it fill our, our, our spirit man and our souls and even into the cells of our body right now. We begin to receive the love of God. Why? Because you're calling us to co-labor with you, Lord. And we want to do it in full power of the kingdom. The kingdom of God is not a matter of words, but of power. So we right now receive the love of God. I want you to recognize any places where you are feeling fearful about the future, uh, about your health, even, I'm, I'm going to just address this, even about like the government and anarchy and any of those, any fear like that fear of finance, fear that we're not going to have money to pay things, uh, yeah, I need you to let the love of God in right there. Actually, I need you to exchange it right now. Exchange the fear with the love of God. Just exchange it. I'm going to reserve the right to go back to this next week. But I want to tell you that the report of the ten spies was valid in fact, but not the truth. Everything they said was fact. But it was all contrary to the word of the Lord. And I believe right now that one of our fights is that, well, like, but this is happening. Come on now, but the truth. The truth is what God has said. If God is for us, who can be against us? If the cross took away all sickness and disease. So right now we just continue to receive the love of God. Elizabeth, just get ready to come pray against it. Timothy, give me the mic. Now we just... We call on angelic forces who are servants of those who have inherited salvation. And we just say, now, come war. Come war. Come war with us, not for us. Come war with us. We now say that as the love of God has filled it up and removed any fear in us, we say, now, no, now go. Go. And do your bidding. Go. Go and fight. Go and resist. We resist the plan of the enemy right now. We resist the plan of the enemy for, for our lives, for our families, for
for our region, for our state, for our nation, for the world. We resist the plan of the enemy now. We now let the very, the very vigor of heaven rise up in us. We just say that, that we will rise up and just say no more. We will say no more. And we won't be fighting for what was normal. We'll be fighting for what is kingdom. We'll be fighting for what is kingdom. We're not, we're not trying to save what was and what the world... We're, tr- we're fighting for, for what God has said the kingdom of God is on earth. Yes, God. We're just going to take a couple minutes and we're going to pray. Really, in my intent is that we pray every week until this thing is done. Because as we said yes last week when we were praying, I just don't want us to get comfortable in it and accept it. As we've spoken about all today... The enemy has no place. He has no authority. Just devil, we say, get off our land. So let's just begin to pray. Begin to raise your voices. We thank you, God, that your kingdom is advancing. And forceful people take hold of it. Forceful people who are confident of who they are in you. Thank you, God, that your word says we are citizens of heaven. We are citizens of heaven. And as citizens of heaven, we take authority in the name of Jesus. And we say, enemy, you have no authority. You have no place. You have no ground. And we send you back where you came from. And we today, God, we approach the throne of grace. We approach your throne with the authority that you've given. And we say no more to this virus, no more to sickness, no more to infirmity, no more to disease, and any other thing that has attached itself to this virus. We command it to go in Jesus' name. Come on, raise your voices. Remember, you have power in your words. Your words have power and life. And you release a different report. Speak truth. We declare truth. The truth of God. A different report. A different report than the world. One of hope, one of faith, one of sure promises. the power of the kingdom of God. The power of the kingdom of God. Lord, let your glory cover the earth like water. Thank you, God. The revelation of your love, God. The revelation of your love. We and I had died. We declare miracles. We declare the miraculous this week, God. We declare a different report. Yeah, yeah. That is sickness free. Yeah. Yeah, we, we just declare, and, and if this offends you, just be strong here. We just declare that we're not waiting for a vaccine. 
We're not waiting for a vaccine. Whether whatever your health position is on that, it, we're not waiting. We're not waiting. We're wait. We're waiting for it to die. We're just say we're pushing in for the death of this virus. We say no more, no more. We just we come against you now in Jesus' name. Yeah, and so now, now I want to do this. I, I want to do this over our our region, over our, over the world. Really, we just we just we come against. We literally hold our hands up against fear. Yes. And we just declare that we will be the love of God yes. to our to our world, to our influence. We will be the love of God. We will be the demonstration of the love of God. That immediately tears down fear. Yes. Yeah. Now here's 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 your homework. Because we already had a prophecy that, that he's not a Sunday morning God in here. And so I just, I feel like the Lord is, is literally wanting to stir the valiant spirit of his sons and daughters. To stir it up. I mean, like literally where all of a sudden you're in your car and you're like, wait a minute, this isn't okay. And you begin to resist. Listen, I think that sometimes put so much pressure on quantity of prayer that we've lost quality of prayer. But the other side of that is sometimes there's a leaning in to the Lord where He's saying, hey, would you give me this moment? Would you give me this 30 minutes? Would you give me this hour? And literally lean in. And it all starts in the love of God, right? It's about having encounters with the love of God. And out of that, comes violent war. And so your, your, your homework or your assignment from the kingdom of God, which is on the inside of you, not from heaven, it's on the inside of you, is rise up. Rise up this week. Recognize, when all the, recognize the fear. Recognize the things and resist it. You know, we're going to talk about some places that maybe some of us want to go walk and pray and release and just release the peace of God and the, the hand of God. Why? Because we're saying it's not okay anymore. So just let it rise up in you. Next week I'm going to talk about one of the ways I, I feel like the Lord is trying to teach us of, of what's going on and, and how we, we just have to have an ear to hear what He's saying in this time. And so I just want to encourage you this week. Let me, let me just say one more thing. I felt like early on the Lord told me, don't fight this with old wineskins. Don't fight this with old wineskins. Hey, and if, if you guys, if there's anyone in here that just can't really see past their own circumstance, their own situation, maybe you're the one that's been struggling with fear, with anxiety, and even depression, things like that. I'd like our ministry teams to go ahead and come up front. Uh, we'd like to pray for that. Because I know that we talk a lot about our world, <laughs> you know, reaching out beyond here. Our, uh, we are a transformed people. 
equipped to transform our world. That's our mission statement. But if you can't see beyond your circumstance and, and what's happening right here, that's okay. We are here to stand with you. We're here to pray for you. So please come and get prayer for that. Yeah, and can I just say, this isn't weakness. This is strength. This is the place where we're saying, right, I'm coming to get filled up here. And so we just, we just, I just bless you. Now, Amber already read the two greatest blessings in the Old Testament over his people. We just declare that those blessings are not for the offering alone today, but they are for you as you go out this week. So we bless you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Yeah, we just want to officially dismiss you guys. Um, Pastor Tim and Elizabeth are going to be at the back center door if you'd like to meet them. Also, just as a church, we used fight a lot today. I just want to let you know that there is a Bible verse that says, our fight is not with flesh and blood, it is with the enemy. So let's, let's actually think of the reputation of the Big C Church. Let's not fight people with opinions. Let's fight the enemy with prayer. So we dismiss you and release you and bless you.
Your family, your children, their children. 